Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I had another transition today. Uh, My kids have been at home for the last two months doing remote learning, which I am thankful that we have the technology to do that on one hand. On the other hand, it was was really, really difficult uh, for a myriad of reasons. Number one, watching my kids stare at a screen after we had already set a limit of like one hour of screen time a day uh, to watch them just sit there and stare at a screen for seven hours and uh, just try and soak up any information was, was painful and having to come down and check on them every once in a while to make sure that they weren't playing Minecraft while also listening to their, their teachers and stuff. It was, it's a lot of work. So anybody who's out there with the, with kids doing remote learning, uh, my hat's off to you. It's really not an easy thing to do. And then uh, the lockdown just got eased up. So even after we had gotten into that schedule, uh, then it, we got changed again. And coming from the world of rock and roll, we'll, we're all very accustomed to changing up our schedules daily, weekly, monthly. You know, we Sometimes we wake up at 4 a.m. Sometimes we go to bed at 4 a.m., and we're very accustomed to that until now. Now with this pandemic, uh, everything's changed and uh, our, our ability to adapt is really being pushed to the outer limits. So I thought today would be a really good day to have a conversation about that. I've reached out to my very good longtime friend, Andrew Douglas. He is the president and owner of Touchlight and Media. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think we have a lot of stuff to cover today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. And and yes, yes, we we do have a, a lot to cover, but uh, happy to be here to uh, to talk through whatever. <laughs> so you and I are both in the industry. Uh, we both have small children at home. We both kind of took a job outside of rock and roll to be able to spend a little bit more time at home. Uh, I don't know if you and I were each asking for 12 months at home. But uh, but here we are. No, no. Uh, Twelve months at home was was not what I was asking for. A little bit more time <laughs> at home with the family w- w- would have been great. But uh, uh, it was a bit of a shock, to say the least. You know, we joke about you know culture shock. Say moving from one city to another when your when your routine is to not have a schedule or not. Uh, have a, a set schedule to mm-hmm. suddenly having that disappear and 
not knowing what the future is, except for the fact that you're going to be at home with your spouse and kids uh, certainly was eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. First, you and I, we both come from the background of the show must go on. And even when COVID was just kind of a, a trickle in, I would imagine both you and I were both had that feeling, well, clearly this isn't going to affect us. We're going to keep doing, we're going to keep moving on. We're going to find ways around this. And, and slowly by slowly, it's been just kind of letting us know like, no, you're, you're going to spend time with your family. You're going to be home for as, as long as this takes. So true. When, when, when I think about it, you know, for, for years, I, I, I would talk about the fact that, you know, our jobs are so unique because they're recession proof and not a lot of industries have that. So to, to think that you're always going to be employed, you're always going to be busy to suddenly realizing, well, I didn't take into account a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes, the, you know, the, the, one of the few industries that, that aren't pandemic proof, uh, we, we got it. Uh, And, and, and making that adjustment I will say pivot once on this show only because I never want to hear that word again. <laughs> but but having to to adapt and and thankfully we we're in an industry where we have to constantly adapt. We have to adapt to different personalities, we have to adapt to different venues, we have to adapt to different technologies. Adapting to not being able to go out and adapt is, is incredibly difficult. Yeah. It's uh, like you said, it, it's going from constantly adapting to just having to live the same schedule over and over again, which we're not, we're not designed to do. We're not, we're, we're not accustomed to it for sure. Uh, I, I think that, I think that, that having the young children does help because if if we were to attach boredom to this situation it, it would be miles worse and and I can't be bored with a 7 year old because there's always something going on <laughs> always something yes yes I guess uh, you you totally brought that into the light that uh, it's all the grass is always greener on the other side. I don't know if I would rather be alone right now or be surrounded by people right now. You know, I I think it's it's our mental health is extremely important, and I think prolonged isolation for me would be a problem. It is as much of is as much as I like my my downtime and my quiet time and my alone time. Forced solitude is is not something that uh, that I I would be able to handle. I don't think so. I'm, I'm I'm quite grateful that 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 I do have my family around, regardless of the fact that we drive each other nuts a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah, feeling that up here too. Definitely feeling that. Uh, in the summer months, it wasn't as intense. 
we could still go outside. We could still go to the parks and stuff like that. But now the snow's on the ground and we, not only are we locked down, but like pinned in too. Are you, are you experiencing the same thing? Not so much. We're, we're pretty lucky here Uh, living in, in Bend, Oregon, certainly has its perks and it's, it's an out, it's an outdoor uh, Mecca. So wintertime it's skiing, it's uh, uh, cross country skiing, alpine skiing, skating. We can get out. We're while we're, we're on somewhat of a lockdown. There is quite a lot that we can do. So I, while the summer there was more, I, I'm quite grateful uh, that that we can go out and and ski. You know, a couple of days a week. At the same time, there are days where there's nothing we can do, and 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 that's uh, certainly puts some more pressure on. What is pandemic skiing like? Uh, it's really. I think it's probably one of the best social distancing things that you can do, which is Absolutely. it's amazing. You, you think about where you are uh, in Ontario, they've shut down all the, all the ski uh, resorts, all this, all the, the ski areas. And I think that's really sad because it's naturally social distancing. You know, if you have a, if you have a four person chairlift, you make it a two person chairlift, separate people out, they get off the ski lift. Nobody's within six feet of each other skiing. And if they are, you know, they're looking for trouble. So <laughs> yeah, the lift lines would be the only thing. And all that requires is some people to be polite and, you know, and take care of one another. Then you can, you could do it. Right. And, really. and with your skis on, typically yeah. you're six feet away and you know people have got their balaclavas on their face coverings on anyway so it's uh we have you know we've witnessed a few times where that's not the case but it's it's uh, pretty rare all right okay so the reason i reached out to you is because you and i actually have uh, a lot of experience in this one you and i have both had experiences on the rock and roll side of the industry and experience on the corporate side where not only does your schedule change completely, but the entire workflow, the the fixture selections, the priorities, I mean, everything changes. And that's something that you and I have been, we've actually become very accustomed to not having any sort of, sort of normal normality. We, we're so good at adapting and changing constantly that when it comes time for us not to do that, we have to for lack of a better word, we have to change to not changing. Right. Yeah, it is. I, I, I will say that, that while there's great similarities between the two, it, it's, it is very different. Yeah. Uh, it, it basically, you have to like switch your mindset over. Uh, I probably the best example of that is load-ins in the rock and roll setting. A load-in is eight hours and that's a success for a corporate event. Yeah. Load-in can be three weeks and that's not, that's just a time frame that people have to get wrapped. They have to wrap their head around. 
Yeah, I th I think that I think, however, in many ways, melding the two processes together is is a huge advantage. And I I have a great amount of respect for the speed and efficiency of a rock and roll load in. And on a corporate side of things, I follow that rule. We we over prep as opposed to trying to, you know, you're always going to have things to figure out on site in either realm. But if you prep a corporate show like a rock tour, your speed and efficiency is maximized. And right. we've had, you know, we've had a number of corporate shows where the client at the end of four hours, when everything is up in the air and ready to go, the the client says you know how did how did you do this well mm -hmm. it, it that's uh that's all the planning you know it's like that's that's all the prep and and that's a testament to how rock and roll works and how it can work in that mindset can work in a corporate environment that's got to be really interesting for you to have that discussion over and over again, because there are so many corporate events that have done it the other way where they just send a list of gear to the shop and then just cases and cases of excessive cable and stuff. It all shows up and it all just kind of gets addressed on site. And next thing you know, they've had 12 guys standing around loading in for 18 hours because that's the way that they've always done it. And then for you to have to go and say like, no, I have another plan. It requires a little bit of preparation, but I'm going to save you so much. Yes. So, so you're referring to the throw and go. Yeah. Uh, corporate load in. And I, I did it for years. I did it for years. I think, I think many people uh, on the corporate side did that for a long time. And, and, now going through the prep and maximizing the prep side of it, like, like you said, the, the pitch on that to a corporate client is I can take all of this on-site labor away and I can eliminate the guys standing around saying, what do we do next? If we prep yeah. all of this ahead of time. Yep. And it's, it's six people in a shop built pre-building this show versus 22 people on a union contract in double time because we didn't. Yep. Yeah. I, I can only use words to, to explain what the facial expressions I've seen on uh, some of the gigs we've done together where people are just like, whoa, what? what do you mean you're already done? Like, yeah, we're focusing and ready to go. It's, it's huge. But by the, you know, by the same token, we, we, you know, nobody got to that point without doing it the other way, without seeing the other side of it and, and learning in, in many cases, the hard way, Hey, maybe we should, we should do this ahead of time. Yeah. So that actually brings me to the next topic, which I think is when everything gets a little bit gray and that's when a corporate event has a rock and roll headliner. 
and kind of the two worlds come crashing together where the rock and roll guys come in and they they're expecting a rock and roll stage or some sort of rock and roll treatment but then all of a sudden they're they're not the headliner per se they're like the guest artist and i can only imagine the the politics involved in that i would say that that the first thing that that brings to mind for me is communication and respect okay so on the corporate end of things we know quite clearly in advance what the specs of the show are going to be if there is a musical act for a party night or an awards event and the 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 key there is 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 instant communication if you see a writer reach out to the ld that's coming in and you know do what you know i'll I'll always uh, you know as as say the ld for the corporate side of things the moment i see a rider i will try to integrate part of that rig into what we already have designed or if i haven't designed it yet try to design around key elements of that band rig if i can without sacrificing the corporate design right that's Um, important the you know the other side of that is is you know if we have the advance and the budget is there why not you know match their their floor rig for instance if if we're going to have a change over time at least give them their floor beams at, at least it's something that 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 can match that rock and roll rig right uh, that's always got to be a tough one for you because rock and roll fixtures and corporate fixtures are rarely the same. You know, you're looking for a nice, even wash. You're looking for some backlight. You're looking for the proper color temperature, maybe some very, some very exacting shutter cuts. Whereas a lot of the rock and roll guys, we're just looking for beams and saturated colors and, and fast movements and strobes. And there's, there's rarely any use for any strobes whatsoever in a, in a ballroom but very true very true and and again i i think that this really goes back to reaching out and and you know corporate budgets get involved versus you know, <laughs> yeah. a band writer comes in and they say we need this it's i always find it's time for my first phone call to be to that ld and say this is a one-off we're, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, to uh, minimize the importance, but I am saying that if we can work together to figure out what is best for both sides of this performance, the corporate yeah. side and the rock and roll side, how do we do that? Because me putting your design into this ballroom with my corporate rig is going to be painful. Yeah. Coming from the programmer side, one of the things that I would imagine you generally have to talk about is sometimes the best programmer for the musical act is the corporate LD because he or she has had the the rig for the entire two weeks before the band shows up. 
Maybe they've had time to listen to it. Maybe they know all the capabilities of the fixture. And sometimes the, the touring LD has to come in and just say, make the song red, make that one blue, go fast here. I'm going to be at the bar with all the, the corporate clients. Right. You know, it's funny you should say that. We're, we've had that exact experience with uh, an, an older band. So uh, coming into to a corporate event. So typically the, the band has a certain way of doing things. They want it to look and feel a certain way because that's what they're used to. And we had a situation where uh, their rider came through. The, the rig was nothing like the corporate rig. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it's almost, it's, it's geometric shapes versus, you know, circles. You've got, you know, you've got, tr I've got triangles on my rig and the LD, you know, for the band comes in and it circles everywhere. Well, how do we fix that? And, and at that point, again, it, it kind of comes to, to communication and, and compromise. So from a programming standpoint, in that one, we talked through the rig with the LD. The band's LD understood that the rig was different. There was, you know, a comparable number of lights, but nowhere in none of the positions he wanted them in. <laughs> And he stood up and said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just going to go now, you know, we've got about five hours, so I'm just going to go start cloning. And I looked at him and, you know, as nicely as possible said, Hey, you know, I don't take this the wrong way, but I've got an idea. We've got a top notch programmer sitting right here. This is a one-off. We've got a full rig at your disposal. We've added in beam fixtures. We've added in a floor package. Why don't you guys, instead of you pulling your hair out, trying to clone your rig to mine, why don't you just sit down with him and knock out your show? Yeah. And he said, you know what? That's a great idea. Why not? Yeah. You know, obviously he had some time to do it, but, but I, in my mind, it would have taken him just as long to clone the rig. So why not make it a one-off, make it use what you have at your disposal? Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing to do when you have to, in, on one regard, you kind of have to put your ego aside and you say like, yeah, your, your programmer is perfectly capable. Let's, let's have a, a, a moment to hang out. And then on the other hand, if you are capable enough to just go to your band and say, Hey, this is a one-off. I'm going to talk to the house guy and he's going to give you everything you can. You got to trust me that this is the best decision and you can usually make it happen and you can save a lot of people, a lot of headache. Yeah, for sure. And in this particular instance, he ran the console for the show. It wasn't handing off. Okay. The, the show to our programmer, it was them working together to, program the show, knock in a one-off show. And he came in and had his handles and, uh, and, you know, played his buttons and, and it worked out really, really well because of the collaboration 
and we were we were able to take our backup console give it to him it was it was you know obviously networked in with with our main show so we could do the the outer ring of the performance space and uh and and he took on the stage yeah that's uh as long as everybody's amiable that's always that's almost always the best solution yeah so just let somebody else kind of monitor the the room and all the corporate logos and all the the shutter cuts that need to be there and then let somebody else just smash buttons the way they're supposed to with a couple handles and some speed tempos and and have a rock show sure i mean the flip side to that is and 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 i've experienced this one as well which is okay we've got you know, eight hours between, you know, and this is obviously a perfect situation where your corporate show has a break to allow that rock and roll act to come in and get set and do sound check. And, you know, when, when, when you're banging truss and they're trying to do a sound check that it's not going to work, it's a little too compact. So, (laughs) but we have had that situation where, a rock and roll rig has to somehow fit inside what's already up there on the corporate end of things. And that's generally where the production coming in the rock and roll act coming in, they refuse to compromise. And they say, no, if you hire us, this is what needs to be in the air. This is our rig. And this is what we require. Yeah. That makes for a long day. Oh, it sure does. It sure does. And then of course, you know, the, the, the finger pointing is immediate. If <laughs> anything gets slowed down, it's uh, see what happens when we have to do these corporate one-offs. Well, yep. it's, it's not, it's not really that. I think it's, it's the case that again, if communication and respect isn't there, you're, you you know, you're just, you're asking for trouble. And that's why I, like I said, I try to reach out immediately to just get, get the lowdown. And then I can go to the corporate client. If I'm the corporate guy, I can go to the corporate client and say, they're not going to budge or we've worked out a deal on, on how to get this to work for, for all sides. Oh man. And that goes uh, from the bottom to the top too. Cause if the higher ups don't don't compromise then the stagehands won't compromise either. And that's when it can get really tricky. If, uh, if a uh, guitar tech goes like, Hey, I need to plug this in. And, uh, the corporate guy or the ballroom attendant goes, well, okay, that's going to take me six hours to go down to the, the, the locker on the other side of the building to get the, the adapter and I'll be back. You hang out here. And, uh, if you need that expedited, here's the expedited form. You'll have to fill that out in triplicate and that'll be another $75 fee. And yeah, that's when people can get really there. There can be this rock and roll ballroom AV stagehand conflict. Yeah. And, and typically, I mean, the other side of that is, is that the corporate side with rock and roll coming in, it's in many cases, it's the rock and roll guys' day off. So, so <laughs> yeah. here you are, you're the rock and roll band's LD, and it's your day off. Yep. And you've got to go in and deal with 20 to 50 people you've never met before. Yep. 
and you've got to get a show on and you know typically you're getting paid weekly yeah yeah so you're not getting a a, a corporate day rate for this you may get a bump for for the fact that you're working on your day off but typically maybe. you're not yeah maybe and it's it's uh, one of those things where the carpenters get the day off. They're probably hanging out in the next town already. Even uh, your crew chiefs and your lighting crew guys, they're all like, yeah, we're already in the next town. We're drinking. You're at uh, mega comdex, whatever corporate event. And, and you'll, you'll probably understand this one more than most. All too often, the production manager or somebody above the LD will be like, well, it's it's going to be an easy day for you. You don't have to load in anything. You just show up and you're just going to do some stuff. Like, no, no, that's not how it works. My, the rock and roll, the schedule is the easy day. That's when I, I just put up my console and everything's already done. This is a, a whole new adventure for me. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the, the fact that, you know, if, if you've, if you've prepped your tour and you're in the middle of a tour and it's the same rig you know, obviously it's, it's modified per venue, but in many cases, it's the same rig. You've, you've pre-visited it. Your positions are there. You may have to go in and update, make sure everything is, everything is set and, and looks the way it does. And then you walk away and, and you're ready for show. You walk into the corporate side of things at, for your one-off and, you know, your, your audio guy is walking in going, oh my God, I hate this rig. <laughs> it, it, it sounds horrible. You know, it, your, your corporate, uh, you know, the corporate LD and the rock and roll LD are, are in the midst of a conversation saying, really that fixed your type. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. So it, it's, it, it may seem like an easy day, but I think that stress levels are even higher because it's something that you're not used to. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so this is like a good uh, indicator of exactly the thing we're talking about, but the way we dress is a, is a great indicator of how rock and roll or how corporate the stagehands and how the entire environment is going to be. And I've, I've had this bite me in the ass before where I didn't know that we were going into a corporate event. So I showed up in my, my shorts, tattoos hanging out and, uh, you know, uh, a concert t-shirt. And next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a ballroom with people with, uh, tuxedos. You're like, right. crap. I, I, I think that, that it's, it depends on the event. I think that, that in many ways, rock and roll has gotten more and more corporate over the years. I agree. But it is, I think it's, it's very client dependent. I've certainly had corporate clients who on, you know, on the day of the rock and roll event, if they see, you know, the, the, the roadie crew coming in, it's, it's a novelty for them. They're like, Oh yeah, there's, you know, <laughs> there's the tatted up road crew with the ripped up shorts and the, well, well, great. We're getting our money's worth. Look, buddy's over there, and you know he's he's got uh, he's got full sleeves on, and uh, <laughs> he's got a uh, "I love you, mom" T-shirt on. Uh-huh. Um, by the same token, you do have clients that that 
their who's that guy who's that ruffian who just came <laughs> how did he get in uh, here is, yeah. is he homeless let the riffraff through the door <laughs> well actually the, yes that's that's the production manager for the band that you just paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to come in and <laughs> your, your headline um it's 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 true i think i think that that those types of expectations is as hard as it is you know if you're on tour okay maybe maybe you could just throw some khakis or 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 a collared shirt in with your stuff just in case but by the same token i think there there can also be some give and take from the corporate end of things saying okay it's a party night the the Rock and roll LD is going to be at front of house behind some drape. Nobody's going to see those tats. <laughs> Maybe you could just give it a break. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've had that feeling before where I was like the guy in the fishbowl, and they were like I was being stared at. Like, yeah, see, that's how much of a rock and roll band is. See how look how they dress. Look how they we brought that in for you to see that that's their LD and that's, that's how rock and roll they are. That's right. Oh, you must be with the band. (laughs) Oh man. That is one of the things that I, I don't know. I I miss it. I miss that, that, uh, Oh, you're with the band. I think you and I can both talk about this one. Like now that uh, I haven't, been to a concert or part of a concert for almost a year now when people ask me what I do, uh, you know, the, the three people that I've met in the last year. Uh, so what do you do? Like, Oh um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't, I don't really know what I do. I, I know what I used to do. Exactly. It's hard to not, be able to not phrase it like that. I, I find that when I'm asked, and I do, I, I, I've met quite a few people uh, briefly on chairlifts, for instance, when I'm, when I'm <laughs> skiing now, because that's what I have to do. My response is when people say, oh, well, you know, what do you do? And, and I, I, my response is generally, well, I work in live events. So right now I'm skiing. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's when people do ask me what I do. Yes, obviously we're, we're, we're still adapting and we're still trying to work on projects virtually. We're still, still trying to come up with designs for the future when things start up again, but to be able to say, sit behind a console or, or go into a shop for four days and start building something that, you know, if for me, it's, it's always so gratifying to create something on paper, to create renderings for something and then go out and build it. Yeah. And see it live. Yep. Not having that is very, very sad. Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't like to completely base my self-worth on the way other people respond to that, uh, to what I do. But at the same time, like I used to understand 
what the reaction was going to be. Like if somebody asked me what I did and I'm like, Oh, well, I work for Stevie Nicks. I'm a rock and roll lighting guy. They, they could at least grasp what I do. Yes. You know, you can see that their eyes would, you know, some neurons would connect and they'd be like, Oh, that's, I've seen that. I know there's a guy out there who does something at the computer. I think the computer does it, but now for you, especially, I mean, what you're doing is so, so niche and so niche right now that you, for you to explain to somebody like, Oh, I do online corporate interactions from across the world in a small studio I can't imagine the neurons linking up for anybody outside our industry to understand what it is that you're doing. I try not to broach that topic because it turns into a very <laughs> long conversation. <laughs> no. So what is it that you do exactly? Well, uh, in between assistant teacher for my son, vacuum cleaning when I can, doing a little housework, maybe some, some projects in the garage, uh, I work in live events. So, so yeah, the, the reaction is, you know, it used to be very easy to say, you know, we, we design and produce lighting for large corporate events, concerts, uh, expos, new product launches. People get that. And, yeah. and, and like you say, they'll go like, oh, right. I, I, I think I understand what you do. To, to say this is what we're still trying to do, people don't get it. Because it, so, so what? what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Well, it's, 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 that's a much more difficult answer. And, and, and uh, so I, I don't, I can't say I can verbalize a response to that. Yeah. You, I also want to kind of avoid the pity, but yes. I also want them to know the seriousness of what I'm going through. I, it's a fine line. Like I want them to respect that my industry is shut down and that I need their help to get us all back together. Like I need every single person to wear their mask and socially distance. And if they could just go get a vaccine, that would be great. The sooner, the better. I would really appreciate that. But at the same time, I don't want them to look at me like, Oh, so the arts thing didn't work out for you, huh? <laughs> I, I, I laugh, but it's, it's not, it's not funny. It, yeah. It, you and I can laugh. True. It's, yeah. it's still an uncomfortable laugh because yeah. when, I, when I think about it, our industry is one of the only industries that has had no financial help. And I can say I'm lucky. You know, I, I had saved for a very long rainy day many of us are going to come out of this and you're starting over. If you had a retirement fund, maybe you cashed a bunch of that retirement fund. There is such a, such a large percentage of our workers in our industry that have had to leave our industry just to survive. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, I, I don't want to bring down the, the, the tone of our conversation, but it, it's, it's brutal when you think of the thousands of people who have, you know, gone out and now they're delivering, you know, food for 50 bucks a night or whatever they can get in tips. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty rough. 
yeah, I'm always keeping an eye out. Just, uh, at any day, this could, everything can change. You know, we, we have to be ready to change and adapt and, and move on. We're getting t- towards the end of our time together, but uh, to kind of take this back up, I think one of the things that is going to be so great after this is all of the transitionings that we've done. I think we're going to be able to apply a lot of the technology that we've used during this pandemic to future live events. I couldn't agree more. It's it, with some of our corporate clients that we've, we've talked to, and obviously it's important to keep in touch with, with everybody during this period of time, just to, you know, to stay relevant in each other's lives. And, and that's, that's business, family, friends, but the, the technology that has come out of this, I think stays. So I think that, you know, on a corporate, on a corporate side, you're going to get, you know, 5,000 person conferences are still going to happen in the future, but they're going to keep the virtual side. So maybe it's, Maybe it's a 3,000 person conference with 2,000 people who have opted not to fly around the world to attend. Yep. I, uh, I will take it one step further. I think it's going to be a 3,000 person live event. And now that it's being streamed live, I think there will be 10,000 people who are able to watch it now because they, they couldn't in the past. Yes, yes. And I, I'm also, I think I would be, you know, in the short term, uh, a proponent of, of concerts in, in, uh, the balls in the, in the inflatable balls. I can't remember what band. <laughs> I saw that, those but, but flaming was, lips. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, and, and, and kudos to them for, for attempting that. I yep. don't know how successful it was, but, uh, um, it looked like a lot of fun. That uh, I'm, a, I'm going to be a fan of, more spatial VIP areas that extend farther out, you know, not quite crammed in so tight. I love being in a room with lots of people, but I don't need them. I don't need their sweat on my neck. You know, I'm maybe when I was 20, I used to really like that. And I used to go down in the mosh pits, but now, you know, I'd like to have a seat and a drink (laughs) that doesn't get spilled. Right. And uh, the people that I love the most closest to me. And then the people I like, a little bit less, a little bit farther away from me, you know? And, and I don't know whether this is on topic or not, but I was always, you know, I, I could, I could schedule my year around the fact that I would get one really good cold a year. And, you know, I'm knocking on wood here. I have not been sick with anything since this pandemic started. I mean, once, <laughs> once there was a lockdown and we weren't traveling and you know, I'm not flying 150,000 miles, I haven't even had a sniffle in 12 and a half months. It's wow. Incredible. Yeah. I, I guess that's what happens when we keep all of our pathogens to ourselves. Right. You know, like, these are mine. You keep your pathogens, I'll keep mine. Yeah, now, now the flip side to that is because we have been in, you know, limited areas, what is that doing to our immune systems? And when we actually do go out and travel again, are we just going to get everything under the sun because our immune systems have dropped? 
Ooh, that's a good one. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, uh, I would hate to speculate on that one. I think the best thing we can do is uh, get our vitamin C and D and zinc and do whatever we can to build up our own immune system. It's going to be competition of the, the most immune, I think. That's right. And, and that's why we're lighting guys and not doctors. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is even you would think in the comment sections of some of our Facebook posts that our industry is full of doctors, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's not. Well, everyone's got an opinion. We, we know that. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of the stuff that you're still doing with TouchLX is going to be applied to future concerts. I don't think there will be such a thing as a sold out show post 2021. I think as soon as a live event hits capacity, they're going to be able to reach out to a team like you and they'd be like, Hey, we sold out, but we still have another 10,000 people that want to see the show. Can you set up a couple cameras and, uh, and a live feed? And can you broadcast this to China and Singapore? And, and I think that's all going to be very possible now. Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a lot of, I, as much as we could do it, I, if we go back, I don't want to do, I personally don't want to do the virtual side of things because I miss the actual live interaction. I miss yeah. the, the live event portion of it, but you are, you were correct in thinking that all of this going forward now, I think there's going to be a virtual or a streamed element of it one way or another. Yeah. Uh, all we need now is a Wi-Fi connection, a strong Wi-Fi connection, whereas to br live broadcast something and to get people to accept it used to require, you know, a, a broadcast truck and uh, yeah. 20 cameras and a shader and all that stuff. But now people are a little more accustomed to watching a concert on their screen and they, they, we have a home set up available to do that. And I, th I think we've, I think we've made some major changes because of this. Yeah. And, and, and the ability to bring audience interaction to it as well. Oh yeah. I think going forward with that technology, taking that technology, pardon the corporate speak, but taking that technology to the next level yeah, is being able to send the audience back. So, so you do have 20,000 live, you know, 20,000 people as a live audience, but being able to have screens or LED walls up with the other 10,000 people in squares also interacting would be fantastic. Oh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of zoom walls on the back wall of mm -hmm. concerts and zoom walls stage left and right. And, you know, just to let the artist know that on top of the people that are here, there's also a, a much larger online audience than they've ever experienced before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's also, you know, on the business side of things, it's savvy marketing. Yeah. I, I don't see why, an artist or a CEO wouldn't want to look over and also see 
a little indicator. There are also 10,000 smiling faces watching online as opposed right. to just the, the people staring at him in that room. Yeah. And, and I mean, think, you know, from a, from a perspective of say somebody who is mobility challenged. Oh so, yeah. You know, think of the people who, who can't physically get to that live event think of what you're doing for them. Oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to go to a concert, but you know, it's a pain for me to do so because I'm in a wheelchair and it, I have to go through this, 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 and this to go see a concert. Well, if the technology is there for them to still have that live feeling and not have to go through that, what a bonus that is. Oh yeah. Imagine the, uh, the, the experience of being able to broadcast a live concert to a child's leukemia ward exactly. and get live feedback. You know, yeah. little Timmy, who's in his, in his bed, loves the event. Please play this song. Love little Timmy. You know, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I, and, and that, I think, I, I think stick that's one of the main reasons why this, this kind of technology will stick around because of its flexibility. I think that as human beings, we need to interact and, and we need that personal time by the same token, you know, uh, throwing away the technology that's been developed over this period of time would, would, would be a mistake for sure. Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a really good high point to end the conversation there. I think uh, I think we went through I think we did the full W there. We went high, <laughs> low, and high. I think we nailed it. Very true. You know, we 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 were we were talking. We did a lot of talking about lighting, but we also got a lot of lot of conversation about human nature in as well, and had a <laughs> laugh or two. So, uh, I, I think we did cover cover most bases there. Thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate you having me on and I, I look forward to, to continuing our conversations. 